0: Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Keith Jennings, CIO at Mass General Hospital and Physicians Organization at Partners Healthcare. In this segment, Jennings discusses the natural tension that he believes must exist between CIOs and CMIOs, how he adjusted his strategy when Partners decided to go soup to nuts with Epic, and how he's applying lessons learned from other facilities into his own go-live plan. Hi, Keith. Thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us today.
1: Uh, Kate, my my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on your uh, podcast.
0: Sure. So just to give our audience a little bit of an idea, can you just talk about Mass General Hospital and the Physicians Organization just in terms of um, hospital bed size, affiliates, things like that?
1: Sure, absolutely. So uh, I'm the CIO of Massachusetts General Hospital and the Massachusetts General Physicians Organization. The hospital, we're a thousand-bed academic medical uh, center affiliated with Harvard Med School. And uh, the Physicians Organization, we are an 1800 provider Large multi specialty group that's primarily located with the hospital but has um, presence out in the community. We're also part of the uh, founding member of the Partners Healthcare System. One of our parent institutions is Brigham and Women's Hospital, uh, Newton Wellesley Hospital. We have a handful of community hospitals, uh, post acute care facilities, uh, McLean Hospital, um, a, a great uh, mental health psychiatric facility. That's really the, the scope of our system.
0: Okay. In terms of the, the governance model, do you report to Jim Noga, or how does that work?
1: Sure. So, uh, as part of the system, a uh, fair number of, I guess, administrative roles have been uh, are part of the healthcare system partners healthcare. So, I am actually a partners healthcare employee, and in this in this uh, group, which is about oh four thousand or so employees, we have uh, a lot of the. IS um, infrastructure and leadership, human resources, uh, finance, purchasing, um, those kind of activities that uh, offer benefit to all the hospitals in the in the system. And so I have a solid line relationship to, to Jim Noga, who's the Partners Healthcare System CIO, and in fact used to have the position I have now. And then I have a dotted line. To um, At this time, I report to Sally Mason Bamer who's the CFO at Mass General, and I have another dotted line to Greg Pauly, who is the Chief Operating Officer for the Physicians Organization.
0: So as far as having the roles of both CIO at Massachusetts General Hospital and uh, the Physicians Organization, um, I imagine that's something that uh, they, they fuse together pretty well, as far as having both of those <laughs> roles. It's more like one role.
1: Uh, Well, so first of all, we benefit greatly um, by having the hospital and a single large physician's organization Mm -hmm. um, with it that saves an awful lot of, I don't know, squabbles may not be the right word, but squabbles. Um, That doesn't mean both the hospital and the PO are always moving in the same direction at the same time. Um, So we, we, you know, always have to um, balance those activities. The uh, physician's organization often wants to move faster or um, branch out into other areas than the the hospital can or or will move. Um, But uh, just having the two is is great, and, yes, I I like to think that – both the hospital and the physicians organization get um, significant benefit from having the IT shop, which cuts across both of them, um, having a single uh, point in the pyramid that they can come to with, you know, questions or issues or requests.
0: Right, right. On, on paper, it looks like it should be uh, all smooth, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes, absolutely. It is.
0: Okay. And then... Is there, for the physician's organization, are are there other leaders like on the, uh, who are clinical or physicians who then report to you, or how does that work?
1: Do you mean like in terms of uh, CMIOs or the like? Yeah. At least here at at Mass General, the CMIOs report into the organizational structure and not IS. And and in fact, um, others may disagree, but... I actually believe that's the way um, it should be, or at least at an organization of our, our stature. Because um, what we do need is we need that. I certainly want the CMIOs to be, you know, IT certainly IT savvy and hopefully IT friendly. But there, I think there needs to be that natural tension. Um, they need to be able to independently push IS me um, to move at at the speed of business for them. And I need to be able to independently uh, hold them accountable to, you know, not that they wouldn't do this, but to standards and security and other uh, pieces that they, you know, may want to run past for a moment while they're trying to um, achieve the next breakthrough or provide the next great care technique. So uh, I actually think it, it actually works very well for us here, and I think in many cases it's it's actually the right model as opposed to having the CMIOs report in through the um, IT structure.
0: Right. Interesting. So uh, as far as um, you know, how you divide your time, how do you do that kind of between uh, you know the hospital and the physician's organization? Is that something that's kind of always changing as far as where your focus is or where most yeah. of your focus is?
1: It is. And in fact, there's very few times... Um, other than budget time, when I can really tell what I'm working on is hospital versus PO. Yeah. Again, until someone has to pay, and then then the lines it, it gets very clear very quickly. Um, yeah. But but the you know our our uh, hospital internists or you know our our, uh, our attendings and whatnot are all part of the PO. So almost anything we do inside the hospital um, affects POs as much as, as the outside. And I don't want to say we we focus solely on the PO, but um, but again, because we have, we're very lucky to have this structure where uh, we have, a, you know, with the the hospital and a single PO. It, it's uh, much easier for me to provide uniform service um, to everybody, and it's it's rare that someone says you seem to be favoring one over the other. Right. Again, doesn't mean doesn't happen from time to time, but yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. As far as that, you know the conversion to, uh, to EPIC. Yes. Um, now, where that stands right now, is the hospital is live on EPIC?
1: No. So, uh, well, so that's an interesting question. Ba- based on another project we had a while back, we end up in a situation where we went live here at Mass General um, on revenue cycle. So we have the uh, inpatient ADT. We have inpatient and hospital practice and ambulatory billing up, and we have Cadence, their ambulatory scheduling product, up across the hospital and the PO. In nine months or so, we are going to start a staggered wave of bringing some of our ambulatory clinicians up early. In December, we will bring 200 physicians and their their practice and um, supporting staff up. In January, we'll bring another 200 physicians up. In end of January, beginning of February, we'll bring another 200 of our ambulatory physicians up. And then in April, April 2nd actually of next year, we will bring all the remaining ambulatory docs and the entire hospital up on Epic Clinicals.
0: Okay. So what was the rationale behind doing it in that kind of way? Starting with, uh, with RevCycle, um, what do you think were the benefits there?
1: Uh, well, a significant benefit is that we got a reasonable portion of it done early, but this goes back to, um, so again, we're, we're part of the system, and uh, we were going to go with another vendor a few years back, um, and that was going to be a staggered um, install, and so uh, we had been working on w- with another vendor, and then the, the world changed on us accountable care, um those kind of things which forced us to reevaluate both our revenue cycle strategy as well as our clinical strategy. We were potentially going to stay on separate clinical systems. The Mass General has a separate clinical system than the Brigham, although we have some uh, warehouses and enterprise applications. But by and large, the two facilities were uh, on standalone clinical systems. Uh, world changed for us. We decided to go with Epic on rev cycle and clinicals. And what had happened is at the the moment we made that decision, Mass General had been preparing to go live on the other revenue cycle system. Well, we had done all the enterprise design and had really prepped the Mass General organization for revenue cycle, go live with a new system. And rather than pausing all that work and looking at a big bang, um, both for the Mass General and for the partner system in general, we said, you know, we, here, we have an opportunity. We can bring up the revenue cycle since much of the planning and work has already been done. We're changing horses yeah. to EPIC system, but, boy, we're ready to go. A lot of learnings and other things in place. Let's do this. And it does a couple of things for us. First, it dips our toe in the water. Let's one of our larger, our largest institution in the system uh, break some of the ice, get up on EPIC. And then we, and we don't lose any of that learning and momentum that we had. And then the, we leapfrogged a little bit, Mass General came up on revenue cycle, the Brigham a year later, in fact, so just two months ago, two or three months ago, came up on revenue cycle and clinicals, and nine months from now we'll come up on clinicals. And, and it really worked out well for us. You know we had done a lot of work and were' prepared for the rev cycle, both Mass General and the Partner system, you know we got to kick the tires a little bit and do a lot of lessons learned. Our lessons learned for our revenue cycle really fed into Brigham's planning for their full hospital uh, full system go live, and we've also had the opportunity now to watch the Brigham go live on the clinical components, which will which has really changed uh, how we are planning and uh, making preparations for the Mass General go Live in a few months. So I'm not sure that you could find a, uh, a strategy book that says this is the right way to do it, but as it turns out, it's going to work out wonderfully for us.
0: Okay. So as far as, you know, you had that whole plan in place, um, the whole strategy in place with the revenue cycle and then switched out the vendor, and uh, I'm sure that had to come with its set of challenges, but it, but it sounds like it's something where it did end up working out well.
1: It, it, it absolutely worked out well. We are in a much better place, having gone through those, um, right, all those trials and tribulations. And and really, for us, it just paid tremendous benefits for Mass General and the system in general that it worked out this way.
0: Yeah. As far as Brigham going up on on clinicals, um, mm-hmm. you said that that it it's it's already kind of changed uh, some of the strategy for you guys. Is it just kind of seeing, you know, obviously what worked and what didn't, and being able to apply that.
1: Yes, absolutely, in a in a whole bunch of ways, right? They learned from our RevCycle go live. And in fact, we had the RevCycle system running for a year, right? So uh, I think a lot of that is easier um, for them because it's tested ground, and we may have made some changes. But um, the clinical go live is much bigger than the RevCycle go live, right? By a magn, you know, order of ten uh, larger number of people who need to be trained, richness of the applications in there. So uh, a lot. A lot of new things to learn and some experience. So we're actually changing a whole bunch of things, including the the way we do training, the training curriculum, a handful of system settings that we might want to change. But most of it is really how do we prepare the um, clinicians and staff to adopt a new system? And you know, the Brigham folks did a wonderful job. But you know, there's always opportunity to learn and improve. And you know, on a daily basis, we're getting their. Um, e- even now, two or three months later, we're still getting their after-action and their you know uh, optimization reports out, and it's all feeding into our preparation. We will, I'm sure, still have um, issues. Right, bringing the clinicals up when revenue cycle is already alive, we'll probably have some unique oops that we're gonna we're gonna trip right. over. But we're really. We really think we're able to um, learn from the, uh, the work that the Brigham has done, and, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't suffer any of the mistakes or, or uh, you know, struggles that they had. We may have new ones, but uh, we really should be able to improve on, um, you know, stand on the shoulders of those giants and, and mm-hmm. do a better job here.
0: Yeah, Okay. And then as far as the, the decision to, to stagger it kind of through the physicians, I'm sure that's kind of the, the same basic idea where, uh, you know, you go through those first 200 practices and kind of see what can be applied to the next wave.
1: Uh, correct. We, we really did it for two reasons. One, as you suggested, it um, gives us uh, we get to try first um, and, you know, learn with a smaller, more manageable group, right, very important. Also, you know, in theory we're hoping for some quick wins, Right? And, uh, you know, good news and bad news travels pretty quickly and we'd like to get, um, you know, 200 folks up uh, and, and their, uh, you know, their associated you know, practice members up and running um, to help calm or, you know, provide some feedback to everybody else who's, who's waiting on, like, boy, are we going to be able to do this? So it's all it's all good news. Um, but it, again, it also um, gives us some practice. And then the other thing it does is by bringing up those ambulatory groups in, in the three waves, um, prior to the go-live, it actually reduces the scope of our go-live. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we've found, you know, an Epic has some big customers, but very few of their customers have gone live on such a big bang at once. And if we went with the hospital and our full PO on the same day, um, we may have stretched everybody's uh, limits. And so breaking it up this way again gives us a learning opportunity. Get some wins under a belt, and um, slightly reduces the uh, complexity of that big go live in April.
0: And um, an epic is being implemented across all of partners eventually, right?
1: That is correct. We're going um, across the, the whole system, soup to nuts.
0: Okay, I'm sure that that'll be uh, probably be some kind of case study in the future for <laughs> other really large organizations.
1: Well, I, I you know I, I hope so, and uh, we're really you know I'm not trying to uh, give an advertisement for them, but uh, we're really excited about the way our system is going to be able to function once we get it rolled out. Um, I think there are going to be some real benefits for our clinicians, for our staff, and most importantly for our our patients once we get everybody up on uh, a single record. It will will change a lot of the way we do business and I think in almost all cases for the better.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from HealthSystemCIO.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.